Dateline, 12th of May, 2014. Well, good day, folks, and welcome to the Australia Desk for episode 299. After a week off, well, it was a bits and pieces episode last week, Grant, and uh, in the meantime, well, geez, I, I don't feel worthy, mate. You're a bit of a media star today. Well, I've got to say about last week, I was feeling a bit bits and pieces after uh, our day spent on the tarmac at Wings Over Illawarra, mate. We were pretty tired after a weekend flying up and back, but, you know, we got over that, and yeah, me, a media star, I think you jest. I jest. I just said that, in fact. <laughs> in Indeed. Ah, yeah. ah. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute because that uh, you know that surrounds uh, quite an interesting aviation event here. But uh, one thing wanted, we wanted to uh, touch on beforehand was an article we saved from a couple of weeks ago, which was talking about a confirmation of an order for a further 58 F-35A airframes. So that's all going ahead at a cost to the Australian taxpayer of around $12 billion, with a B, dollars. That's right, mate. It's a very big uh, spend and it's uh, polarised the populace, that's for sure because many are running around sprouting the views as an aircraft that doesn't work and so on and a, a big lemon and others are going around saying we have to have it and still others are saying they don't care where it's at, we can't afford it because we're broke. But uh, it's it's interesting news. I've got to say the biggest thing for me was uh, seeing uh, our PM, our Prime Minister, Mr Abbott, sitting in the same mock-up cockpit that you and I have sat in. Yes, a uh, pretty good-looking mock-up there. Granted, uh, from a distance, looks like the real thing and, uh, you know, good enough for us to get some photos in, so I guess uh, good enough for the Prime Minister as well. This will take the full complement to uh, 72 airframes and uh, that's, uh, you know, interesting. There was talk at one stage that they'd be ordering around 100 of them, but, uh, you know, you talk about the $12 billion and uh, that's a lot of money, but I think this money's been sort of budgeted in the forward estimates uh, for quite some time. So, uh, you know, whether or not uh, this, you know, is, is a good aeroplane or a bad aeroplane, by the time it comes to Australia, we're talking... 2018 and beyond, uh, you know, you'd have to hope that there's been a lot more development. There'll be a lot, a lot of them flying around by then, and uh, hopefully it'll be a much more mature uh, airframe by then. And uh, let's face it, Grant, we have to replace those older FA-18 A and B Hornets. They're getting a very, very old now. The ones we have here, and mm-hmm. uh, they have to be replaced. And uh, this is the way the government uh, has decided to go. So we just have to live with it now. The decision has been made. It's, it's not going to be changed, and uh, we just have to make sure now that uh, you know this uh, is implemented well. And I guess, Grant, uh, you would have had a great chat with a top Air Force brass today about all of that. I did, mate. I spent about an hour and a half on the phone with Air Vice Marshal Kim Osley, a.k.a. COS, and uh, we went through uh, a lot of the parts of integrating the F-35 with the RAF. Uh, He's managing the project of bringing the F-35 online. Uh, As he liked to say, uh, he's been given the F-35 ball to run with as he's, he's run it as 10 yards. He feels very, very privileged to have done that. And uh, it's on to some others to keep running it from here. But uh, we had a great chat about everything involved in bringing such a, an amazing platform as the F-35 online with the RAF over the next few years from the first two aircraft that are going to be doing a lot of the Aussie training at Luke Air Force Base through to having a full uh, complement of 12 or so aircraft there before they bring them all back over here and then uh, stand up the, the uh, internal training here in Australia by the end of 2020. Yes, uh, yeah, quite an extended interview there, and that'll be coming out in episode 119 of Playing Crazy Down Undergrad. I hope we have that one out before episode 300 of the Airplane Geeks. Oh, so do I, mate. That uh, I'm about to get back into the editing tonight. Uh, fantastic. Okay, now uh, let's talk about the other really interesting uh, incident, nothing to do with uh, military aircraft. This, in fact, is talking about a US-registered Cirrus SR-22 demonstrator. Now, Grant, uh, I would have said uh, a beautiful aircraft because uh, we almost scored a ride on it the weekend before at uh, Wings Over Illawarra, but uh, no more, Grant. It uh, deployed the parachute, parachuted into somebody's front yard in the Blue Mountains near Sydney, and uh, boy did it make the news, and boy did it make a star out of you, my friend. 
Yeah, notorious, I believe the phrase is. Um, That's right, mate. Uh, Beautiful top of the line 2014 Cirrus SR22 with all the bells and whistles. Uh, Was doing a demonstration flight out of Bankstown. They were out over the Blue Mountains when uh, the engine had a failure. Uh, Pilot had a look around, couldn't see anywhere to land because it's all forest, rocks and houses. So he pulled the chute. And the chute did its job, and they landed uh, in a front yard on a fence, uh, crushed a bit of a fence, which wasn't really a major one at all. Um, One passenger reported uh, some neck issues and uh, went to hospital briefly, was discharged the same day. Everyone's fine. Another success for the caps. And, uh, yeah, it caused a lot of a stir. Somebody caught it from the ground on video. A lot of photos, the tail broken off, aircraft sitting there. There were a couple of open house auctions going on in the area, so it certainly got a lot of attention. Absolutely, and we'll put some links to all of that in the show notes for this week's episode. But, uh, Grant, you know, we're always talking about mainstream media and how they don't get people on who know what they're talking about, but that's not the case this week on Radio 2UE in Sydney. Well, they got this guy. Let's have a listen. It's uh, nine minutes to ten here on 2UE Mornings. That amazing image of the small plane parachuting gently down to land in the front garden of a very surprised Lawson resident in the Blue Mountains. I have never seen that before. A plane coming down out of the sky with the aid of a parachute. Why isn't it used more often? That's what I'd like to know. Grant McCarran joins us. He's an aviation analyst, also a hot air balloon flyer. Hello there, Grant. Hi, Angela. How are you going? I'm well, thank you. Um, this was an extraordinary sight. Why isn't it used more widely, these, uh, the, the, these balloons, to stop aeroplanes crashing? It's uh, Well, the technology first appeared in the early 80s and uh, was used primarily on ultralights, very, very small aircraft. Yeah. Uh, it was the, um, the Klapmeyer brothers who set up the Cirrus company, of which this was one of their Cirrus aircraft. Uh, they wanted to have this kind of technology in all of their aircraft. They went through a lot of effort to develop it. And uh, it, takes, it takes a lot of effort to, to get something like this set up as standard. It comes standard on all Cirrus aircraft. They're a very beautiful aircraft. Many of us wish we could own one. Is that so? Mm. Yeah. um, You can get them on some of the other small aircraft, like um, as a a modification to Cessnas and so on. They do add weight. They do add complexity. uh, But as you've seen here, they uh, can help save lives. That's true, Grant. And now we know that the pilot of this little light aircraft that came down at Lawson is also the sales rep for Cirrus. It wouldn't have just all been a mighty stunt, would it? <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't really want to do that with an aircraft <laughs> like this. This, is, this would be like taking a Lamborghini and just wrapping it around a pole as a stunt. Um, <laughs> right. It's, it's a very expensive aircraft, very beautiful, and uh, you only do this as, as an absolute last-ditch thing. Right. So this is a this is a serious selling point about this aircraft. Is it the fact that it has this technology? Do you call it technology? Yeah. A parachute. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's it's a it's a yeah, you could call it a form of technology, but it's it's the whole packaging of the system, and uh, yeah, it is a major selling point for it. It has been a reason why uh, many Cirrus aircraft are used in the United States as uh, small taxis, air taxi services. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also I know a number a reason why a number of um, of people partners of pilots allow them to either fly or come with them in the aircraft, uh, put the kids on the plane with them because they know the the parachutes. Wow. I've heard that story a couple of times. Is that- so, so Grant, this is a really stupid question, but could it work work on big planes on jet jet aircraft? <laughs> 
Well, uh, if you have a look at uh, the size of the parachute compared to the size of the aircraft, you'd need something amazingly huge. <laughs> I suppose you would, uh, wouldn't you? Very heavy, and uh, that would sacrifice a whole lot of passengers, and we all know how much the airlines love to get rid of passengers from aircraft. So <laughs> it would have to be something very huge. For the Cirrus, you have to slow it right down. You have to uh, make sure it's in the right attitude before you pull the chute. For something like, <laughs> like an airline or even a smaller one like a 737, it, it would be huge. Yeah. <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, um, maybe you could have a series of parachutes on top of each other, if you know what I mean. Well, that's, that's similar to what they do with uh, a lot of the space probes when they come back into yeah. the work they're doing on some of the new, uh, yeah. new technology ones. But again, very, very large, um, enormously huge. And uh, yeah, I, for, the, for the number of times that a, a large aircraft gets into trouble having this, I, I, I'm not sure they could do the cost benefit on that one. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Fair enough. Uh, very, very interesting. But so one of the uh, uh, eyewitness reports was that the plane went into a spiral and then when he deployed the parachute it kind of uh it, it, you know it came up and it sort of leveled out it, yep. it, it, had you heard that too i had seen those reports now not knowing all the details i'm only surmising here but uh i know when i was doing my fixed wing license uh one of the drills when you uh, lost your power you immediately get the aircraft into the best glide attitude so it will continue to uh, fly. I mean, you take the engine out of an aircraft that doesn't immediately fall out of the sky, it will continue to glide. Uh, not as well as a glider, but it will continue to move through the air. So what you may find the pilot was doing, he might have been doing a quick look around to find out if there were any open fields mm -hmm. where he could put that aircraft down. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing you're doing. You're making sure the aircraft stays in the air as long as possible. You have a look around, try and find somewhere to land. He was over the Blue Mountains in a residential area. So you've got forests, trees, rocks and houses. That's right. And, and, a, and a small front yard. Hey, Grant, great to talk. Got to go to the news. Thanks for your time. Not a problem, Angela. All the best. Grant McCarran, an aviation analyst. Ah, uh, McCarran, you radio star, you. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they got me on the radio because they uh, saw my comments in a newspaper article. Uh, a reporter gave me a call uh, the evening before and uh, was asking me some questions and I gave them some comments and... Uh, yeah, next thing I know, to you, he's calling me in the morning going, hey, how are you for a chat? I've got to say, though, uh, going back to a question there, wouldn't you like to see a CAPS deployment on a Boeing 747? Now, imagine the size of the parachute. It would probably black out the sun. I think so. It would probably be uh, two or three parachutes, each one about half the size of the 747, no yeah, doubt. Absolutely. <laughs> well, a very successful week for us over here on this side of the Pacific. I hope you're having a great time over there on your side of the Pacific if you're in the US. Until next week, I'm Steve, the former media star, Visha. <laughs> and I'm Grant. Watch out, Rob Mark McCarran. I feel like such a has been. I used to be famous once. Oh, you're still famous. You're a legend in my lunchbox, mate. <laughs> I hope it's a big lunchbox. I eat a lot. Oh, it's huge.